Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So I've never heard a radio show do this before, and it's probably not a good idea. And Joe would probably think it's not a good idea. But Joe, you did not. You, how dare you not consult me? I'm just looking at the TV, and one of the most interesting stories in the world is being covered on CBS News, and they say they have breaking overnight news, and so I'm just going to. I paused it, and I'm just going to start it. It's on the whole biggest nuclear plant in Europe, which happens to be in Ukraine. They're now fighting all around it with missiles flying all over the place. And there were warnings that came out yesterday. Look, we're getting really close. We're getting to the, it's not an if, but when this thing gets hit. And then we've got a giant nuclear disaster on our hand. And then Russia, well, maybe we'll hear it here. We're going to join, in progress, CBS News covering this. ...which is in Russian-occupied territory in Ukraine. So this is tricky. Both sides blame each other for shelling the area. This morning, Russia said its forces are there to prevent what it called the Chernobyl scenario. That's a reference, of course, to Europe's worst nuclear accident. Charlie Daggett is in Ukraine tracking this growing crisis. Charlie, this sure sounds very dicey. Good morning to you. It is. It is serious, Gail. Good morning to you. We are at the Hostomel airfield just north of Kiev. This is the scene of one of the early victories for Ukrainian forces. But today, another fight is underway where the battle over the nuclear power plant has been pushed to the brink. Have you have you been following this much over the last uh, several days? Bit. Yeah, it's uh, it, it it's been it's been growing day by day. It started as kind of a oh well, that'd be kind of interesting, or it's starting to get interesting to where holy crap, what is going on here? And it seems like each side is kind of hoping the other side. Zelensky's talking about it a lot. I don't think he wants a nuclear disaster in his own country. You know why would you? But this is a great opportunity to once again rally the world over look how awful these people are. 
Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. What they're willing to do. Here's a little more Charlie Daggett talking about this. Both sides issue ominous warnings of an attack today. Ukrainian officials say Russia plans to stage a false flag incident at Europe's largest nuclear power plant and blame Ukraine. Oh, boy. Just hours after Russia accused Ukraine of trying to stage an accident there. The threats are time to coincide with a visit to the country by Turkish President Tayyip Erdogan and UN Chief Antonio Guterres. The area needs to be demilitarized. And we must tell it as it is. Nobody cares what you think. So that's the big warning that came out late last night, uh, America time. Uh, Ukraine saying that Russia, the, they they have intel that they're going to la- Russia is going to launch a false flag information. So they're going to attack the nuclear facility, causing a disaster, and try to blame it on the Ukrainians. Right, right. Would, Which would, fits with Ukraine announce, or Russia announcing, hey, we think the Ukrainians are about to attack that plant. Probably about five guys with, uh, I don't know, a bomb about six o'clock tomorrow morning. And Ukraine says, yeah, somebody's going to attack the plant. It's you, you lying liar. It's hard to imagine Ukraine wanting a, a nuclear explosion in their own country. Would Putin do that sort of thing? He seems to be capable of anything. It doesn't seem to be any line for him, really. So, yeah. And today's the day that the the warning claimed it's going to happen. So we keep an wow. eye on that story. Which way's the wind blowing? That matters huge in this story. If I'm a downwind country, I'm uh, getting serious about yeah. this situation. Yeah, I actually saw a meteorologist on the news late last night as I was covering this, talking about which way the winds might be blowing at the time that this blew up. And if a storm, there's one particular storm that if the timing was right, as much nuclear radiation would be carried into Russia as into Ukraine. I don't know if Putin cares about that either. You ever feel like you're watching a like a movie or a soap opera or something that's just too much? Right, yeah. You know, this, oh, come on, this this new plot development is too much. Stop it. It's like one of those Tom Cruise movies that's relentless, you know, risk and disaster and thrills and, and the rest. It's too much. The, the current world is too much. I'm calling for everybody to calm down and stop doing crazy stuff. Too much news. That's what we've been saying. Yeah. Too, too, politics is too crazy. International relations is too crazy. We're going to talk about China and Taiwan here. You want uh, crazy? You got plenty of it there. Yeah. Too much crazy. You got Dr. Oz uh, overestimating the price of crudite. It's it's a scandal. By the way, if uh, since you mentioned politics, I'm sure we've probably got the clip of Mitch McConnell suggesting that the Republicans will probably take the House in November, but definitely could lose the Senate, which is not the sort of cheerleading you usually get out of uh, a Republican leader. But I think he's just stating what might be true. This is not a minor thing, people. Do you realize what a big deal it is? If with right direction, wrong direction, at the worst it's ever been by a lot of measures, Joe Biden having the worst approval ratings on average of any president ever, including Trump, the Republicans can't take a 50-50 Senate, that's where you're going to lose your Supreme Court justice. That's going to be the big payoff there. And as we were discussing last hour, uh, you're going to have the radical ideologies taught in schools for the next couple of decades. We'll lose a generation of kids. Because, well, you know, why don't we run clip number 60? 
Mark Thiessen, on a special report last night. He's talking about some of the candidates for Senate. You know, I'm very worried about how some of these Trump handpicked candidates are doing in these races. You had you, you mentioned that Blake Masters is losing to Mark Kelly in your poll by eight points. The real clear, uh, I'm sorry, the uh, 538 average, he's behind by 10 points. Dr. Oz is behind by 11 points. Herschel Walker's losing by three. And J.D. Vance is losing to Tim Ryden in the uh, in the 538 uh, poll. That is a seat that Rob Portman won by 20 points. Oh. Now, Hugh Hewitt responded uh, w- w- stating quite persuasively that state polls, particularly early state polls, are a joke. So don't get all uh, you know concerned at this point. On the but other hand... some of those candidates yeah. suck. Though. On the other hand, Herschel Walker, if you've been following that, is a horrible candidate, and Dr. Oz is a horrible candidate. And uh, it is not a minor deal to let the Democrats control the Senate for another couple of years. Now, if that, uh, Republicans control the House, there's not going to be any giant legislation go through. There's not going to be any more build back betters and phony anti-inflation acts or any of that sort of stuff. But, man, a Supreme Court justice opening comes along, that's going to be huge. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, get the government we deserve, more or less. But, you know, the, the, uh, history moves in these cycles. Parties learn lessons. They make mistakes. They they get better at their jobs, theoretically. Uh, and then, you know, we just might be in a cycle. And uh, a cycle again, of... It's, um, well, uh, what do you call it? Populism? Um, I, I personally think, for all of the great things Trump did, he's endorsed some terrible candidates. Um, and we should have been a little more careful. We conservatives, Republicans, whatever you want to say. Uh, but you know, again, these games have not yet been played, so let's let's not uh, hand anybody the trophy. Uh, but I'm pretty concerned about the quality of some of these these uh, candidates. Yeah, leave it at that. And again, losing the Senate is not a minor deal. So uh, I was watching Chris Wallace on CNN this morning. Um, I forgot he was on there. Now he's going to have a new show starting here in a couple of weeks, which sounds pretty good. But anyway. He said, uh, since World War II, on average, after a uh, a party wins the presidency, they lose, on average, 20 seats in the House two years later, on average, since World War II. And everybody knows that. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know this. With the Senate, it's almost a tie. I mean, it's close to one, but not quite average since World War II. So the Senate doesn't move near as much. And um, so Democrats already control that, and that's that's a big deal. Yeah, yeah, well, we'll keep fighting the good fight no matter what happens, I guess. Oh, as as long as uh, the T word was uttered, Trump, just a quick update on that whole releasing the affidavit thing. Judge said, no, you can't keep the whole thing secret. Go ahead and redact what you think needs to be redacted. I'll take a look at it. If he doesn't like the redactions, he's going to do his own. Then if the Justice Department doesn't like his redactions, they'll appeal. So this might stretch on for weeks. And whatever comes out is going to be heavily redacted. I was taking in some cable news yesterday, and the friggin' pundits on all the channels that aren't Fox with their, and if this happens, this happens, this happens, then Trump, and I feel like Trump is this good. You can see the groundwork being laid. I've heard you all <laughs> say this now for six years, all right? 
How many times do you think you can yank people around with that same story? If it happens, it happens. I don't know what they took from his house and how big a deal it is. But you have claimed that he was on the verge of being arrested now for six years. Shut up. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Shut up. Oh, speaking of that sort of thing, I can't wait. I can't believe I waited this long to bring this up. The eunuch, Brian Stelter of CNN. His show is canceled. He's gone, which is uh, good because he's a weasel. He's a rotten, lying hypocrite. Canceled. Well, yeah, but in the conventional sense. He had a TV show nobody watched, so it was canceled. Uh, but there's a, a, a video going around, and I, I should have grabbed it or given it to Hanson, but it's Stelter with his serious face talking about uh, mistakes and sins journalists, makes, uh, journalists make, and then it's juxtaposed to everyone he says the story coming out that CNN was doing that. Doing that actively. Doing that under the supervision of his good buddy, Jeff Zucker. So, good riddance, you eunuch. Well, part of the story is that behind the scenes, uh, after the, 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 the head guy had to leave... Um, they made a decision. We're going to go. We're going to be less partisan. We think that there's an aisle for that. Uh, we're going to be less partisan, and we're going to give you all you shows a chance to show you can do that. And if you can, you get to stay around. And if you can't, you can't. And and this guy um, apparently was not getting on board. Like Jake Tapper's show is getting much closer to what like a special report is on Fox with Brett Bear. And I I love the Jake Tapper show on CNN. I hadn't watched CNN in 15 years, I don't think. And now I watch it every single day. They have changed the way they do business, and I I just Mm -hmm. don't think this guy was willing to get on board with that. I mean, the opinion shows are still lefty, but they get to be. But the news coverage is notably better. Some of the anchorettes, it's kind of funny to watch, because their quote-unquote news coverage used to be just flamingly liberal. It's the MSNBC. Um, And some of the anchorettes, I can see them struggling (laughs) with the new direction, uh, because they're, they're, they're way left. We got to take a break, but the Little League World Series highlights are on. Those kids are all in their early 20s. (laughs) <laughs> or something's gone wrong with them. <laughs> There's no way you're 12 or whatever they're claiming. Um, yeah, China versus uh, Taiwan and all that sort of stuff. Still in the news, a whole bunch of different things. Biggest fine and suspension in NFL history. What did the guy do? We ought to talk more about that. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. Suspended NFL quarterback, biggest suspension and fine in league history, says he hopes someday he can tell his side of the story. Yeah, I'd I'd go ahead and get my side of the story out now, but more on that later. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Also, a guy who rivaled Michael Avenatti for being lionized and loved by the mainstream media might actually be a worse guy than Avenatti. Okay. <laughs> Although that's that's a hell of a standard. I mean, he ripped off all his clients. He uh, bilked a stripper. Stripper bilkers. He was going to be the president. You remember that? Anyway, we'll tell you that tale. And and you know the guy I'm talking about, too. I'll bet you heard about him. You've seen his picture. You know the story. So stay tuned for that. Uh, interesting stuff going on. Interesting. Boy, that's that's an understatement. Uh, Straits to Taiwan, China, etc. That stuff has not slowed down. China is continuing to be super-duper belligerent. 
the office of the U.S. Trade Representative announced uh, yesterday, I think it was, maybe Wednesday, uh, the U.S. and Taiwan are going to begin negotiations on a bilateral trade and investment initiative in the coming weeks, focusing on labor, environment, anti-corruption, agriculture, and digital trade. And in a obvious reference to China, quote, we're going to look at distortive practices of state-owned enterprises and non-market policies and practices. In other words... The uh, trade representative, anyway, part of the Biden administration, is making it clear, not only are we buddies with Taiwan, we want to be better buddies with them. They're our friends. Yeah, like it. I do, too. It's assertive. It's uh, Trumpian in its own way. And I agree with people who say the best way to avoid a war is make it so clear we're on their side that you'd be taking us on. That's the best way to avoid China moving on Taiwan. Right. The godless communist foreign ministry spokesman condemned the news, arguing it would send the wrong signal to, quote, Taiwan independent separatist forces. Oh, whatever. Shut up. Shut up. China. Come on, China. What do we have to tip you, Michael? Now, come on, on China. What are you working a four day week now or what? It's Don't a- trust China. <laughs> All right. <laughs> now he's going to drown me in them. Yeah, so I, I tell you what, this, and, and I know we've said this before, but doesn't it feel like several things are like balancing on the edge of just going completely crazy? Uh, yeah, well, that's what Henry Kissinger said a couple of weeks ago, or earlier this week, which I never did get to that story. Henry Kissinger says U.S. is heading aimlessly toward brink of war against Russia and China. We are at the edge of war with both those countries. On issues which are partly created without any concept of how this is going to end or what it's supposed to lead to. Doesn't that describe, well, I, I, maybe I miss his point or something, but that describes a hell of a lot of wars and conflicts and, and such. Uh, yeah, I would agree. But the fact that he recognizes um, that that's the direction, the path that the, these countries are on, I think is very troubling. Yeah, uh, so some, he was talking about multiple countries, not just the U.S. Correct. Yeah, okay. Okay. But, uh, yeah, yeah. He he has said, and it seems pretty obvious to me, we have less world order now than we've had in uh, practically a century. So, there you go. Yeah, yeah, and working out what the new order is going to be is always messy. And, again, that is an understatement of understatements. So I cannot overstate what an understatement that was. So just to jam this in real quick, the quarterback's name is Deshaun Watson. You either follow the NFL and know him or you don't. But he was suspended for 11 games and fined $5 million. I was just in the lunchroom and watching the ESPN uh, argue about it. He's accused of assaulting, what, the dozens of women, lots and lots of women involved here. Yeah, he settled like 23 Suits or something like that? Yeah, and the women on ESPN thought he should have been booted out of the league. I thought that was kind of interesting. The uh, the women broadcasters. Hmm. What's the argument for keeping him around? What what what, what are you trying to claim there? Eleven games, five million dollars. I don't think he's ever been convicted of anything. He's just settled the uh, what he calls nuisance lawsuits. He wants to tell his side. He wants to tell his side of the story. I'd go ahead and tell my side of the story now if you don't think you did anything wrong. Armstrong and Getty. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast 
NBA DNA with Hannah Storm digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray, rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Hi there, this is Jessica calling in regards to your Volkswagen warranty. Odds are you've received a bogus auto warranty call similar to this. Now authorities are cracking down on a scheme an FCC official calls the most sophisticated illegal robocall operation they've ever seen. More than 8 billion spam calls to Americans. And a new lawsuit claims two California men are behind nearly all of it. 
We have more on this. This is something that has plagued us all. In fact, it's so uh, ubiquitous. That's my son's gag. Whenever he calls me, I'd like to talk to you about your auto warranty. That's what he says every time he calls me. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) Anyway, let's hear more about this complex scheme. Aaron Michael Jones and Roy Cox Jr. are accused of violating telemarketing laws by tricking Americans into buying vehicle service contracts and making millions of dollars off the scam. Both Cox and Jones have been sued by the Federal Trade Commission in the past and ordered never to telemarket again. And yet, like many robocall scammers, they're accused of just retooling their operation. So now, Ohio Attorney General Dave Yost is suing Cox, Jones, and their associates, potentially for millions of dollars. There's a number of angles to that that I find interesting. So you're going to have, you're going to tell a couple of people who have been scamming their whole lives, that's their whole thing. They're, They're lying, cheating, scamming fraudsters. Don't you do it anymore. Okay, I won't. Well, and if they go back out and do it again in a different way. And then the Attorney General of Ohio has to go after him? Who was the judge who told him not to do it again? Why aren't they in jail now? And the other angle of it is, some of you are buying their auto warranties? You you make it past the first five words of this? I never have. No, although, if you've ever had an extended service plan or extended warranty and that sort of thing... They'll call and say, uh, I mean, these guys call and say, hey, your your plan's about over. We can extend it. And you don't realize it's not the plan you have. Mm. You're thinking, I thought there was two more years on that or whatever. And and Judy and I are meticulous about checking that sort of thing. But clearly, some people are not. Uh, let's hear more on this. In 2021, Americans received an estimated 21 billion scam robocalls, wow. costing them nearly $40 billion in a 12-month oh. period. Most of the calls come from overseas, and tracing them is a fairly new technology. So up to now, authorities have struggled to stop them. And the callers that do get caught often go right back to scamming, according to an FCC official. God, it must just be like shooting a fish in a barrel, which is an odd sport. Um, (laughs) Well, and it's no good for the barrel either. $40 billion in a one-year period. Yeah, it must be a lot easier to hook people than, than I think it is. Yeah, yeah. Well, especially if I, as I said, that's a good scam. I mean, it's like the, the home warranty, Judy, and I've had those home warranties. Sometimes you negotiate them as part of a sale or, or whatever. Then you start getting pestered, hey, it's about to expire, and you don't check whether it's the same company or whatever. And then I assume these guys don't actually deliver service on cars. Um, yeah, I just I, I assume I get an email. I feel like I get an email from everything I need, and then I uh, deal with it that way. I don't know. I, I, well, I don't take any phone. I, oh, I don't yeah, answer you know, any phone call ever. Yeah, yeah. Although I get thousands of scam emails. Too, oh yeah, like everybody. Oh yeah. yeah, but I just I just never listen. But anyway, let's uh, let's wrap this up. When a call comes from overseas, typically several small carriers get paid to pass it along before it reaches your cell. Investigators are using a technique called tracebacks to identify the original source of these illegal calls. Then agencies like the FCC can order the rest of the industry to stop doing business with those carriers. I assume that the good guys are going to get on the on on top of this at some point and this will go away or do you assume that or not? 
or will this just plague us forever? I feel like robocalls got to the point several years ago that most of us just don't answer our phone. Unless it's somebody mm-hmm. we know, we just don't answer our phone, which has kind of made the whole phone thing <laughs> worthless. Yeah, it's a it's a computer that, as it turns out, you can make a phone call. Well, on. your phone is basically a walkie-talkie. And you've got a handful of friends that have the walkie-talkie frequency, too, but nobody else are you even going to acknowledge. Yeah, that's a good uh, good way to put it. Yeah, in answer to your question, I suspect, yeah, the generation that grew up with these things is not going to start falling for the scams just because they get older, oh, for instance. That's what how they'll go away. They won't, be, they won't make $40 billion a year anymore. Yeah, although, you know, the, the, the thieves of the world will always find a new way to thieve. I mean, so I, I, I'm certainly not bright enough to anticipate the technology of tomorrow, so I'm certainly not bright enough to uh, imagine how it'll be exploited. If you're over a certain age, especially landlines, if the phone rang, oh, what a delight. Someone has called to talk. Let's go find out who it is. And it was, exactly. And it was never a scam. I got it. I got it. People would say it was, it was never for them. a scam. It was a friend or co-worker or grandma or whatever. It was always a delight that someone has called. <laughs> Occasionally, it would be a teenage miscreant making a crank call, <laughs> a practice of which I do not approve. Of course, the downside of that old-timey landline thing was if you were waiting for someone to call you, you couldn't step out of your house for two seconds. No. Because they might call while you're out, and you wouldn't have the slightest idea that they tried to call you. And if it was the girl you were hoping was going to call you back or whatever, misery. Oh, God. Misery. Stress. I don't remember if I've ever told this. So going way back to the landline days, and you have to be. All right, you you tell one secret thing. I will, too. Uh, Welcome to Armstrong and Getty Exposed Themselves. Pre- answering machines which was a revolution and also there was no caller id or anything like that so if the phone rang you had no idea where it came from somebody could call you up and say you know call you bad names you had no idea who they were there was no way to figure out who they were um and if you missed a phone call you missed a phone call and you did if you you'd run across the house it's been ringing twice you're wet you got out of the shower you run there and it stopped ringing before you get there they hang up and you don't know you don't know was that the girl i asked said give me a call sometime was that uh, Grandma? Who was that? You never know. You have no idea. And you may never, ever know. <laughs> My first radio job, this poor guy, nice guy, too. He would regularly call me when I'm working on, like, Friday night. And he'd call me up and he'd say, hey, could you call my number back? Call this number back because I don't think my phone's working. Oh. <laughs> It's working, son. <laughs> yes. It was always working. She just hasn't called. <laughs> it's your game that isn't working, not your phone. <laughs> or that new haircut or whatever. But something oh. is not working. Your clone. Something is not working, but your phone is. <laughs> oh, boy. That's sad. Oh, that's sad. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right, so uh, you know that stock ring that kept appearing in that uh, those news clips we were playing? Yeah. The thing. Uh, Judy, actually, that's a ringtone for at least a few callers. I think it's a default for iPhones or something. But It's my ring, I think. If she lets it go too long, I always say, there's a call coming in, so pick it up right now. <laughs> yes, there's a call coming in, so pick it <laughs> And she rolls her eyes at me, which she does so often. Oh, that would be a great thing to get on top of, though, the robocall thing. Oh, hate it. Hate it so much. 
and, and like, junk emails the, the, and the whole unsubscribe. Are you? Am I actually unsubscribing, or am I telling you this is a live email address that gets checked? Right. And if you're expecting phone calls, I have this happen a lot. If you're expecting phone calls from doctors, you have to answer the phone because you can't tell who that's coming from. You got. And if you miss their phone call, it makes your life miserable. So if you're in a period where you're waiting for a call back from a doctor, you got to answer the phone. And nine out of ten of them are some scumbag trying to sell you something. Rip you off. Ah, so annoying. Speaking of annoying, think back to the heady days of 2020. And Dan Price was a hero to the media and to progressive Twitter and everything else. This was the long-haired, swinging CEO who said he was going to take an enormous cut in pay and make sure everybody at his company was making $70,000. From the receptionist to the executives, I'm going to give my my pay to my people, hailed as a hero. The story behind the story ain't quite so cheery. Awesome. I love it when people get brought down a peg. I feel like I'm constantly being brought down many pegs on a day-by-day basis. Yeah, this guy's at least two or three pegs. Many pegs. All that on the way. Armstrong and Getty. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on... 
the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I apologize to every preacher and pastor. I have also privately apologized to our church, who has extended their love and support to me. I deeply regret this moment, and I solicit your prayers and your forgiveness. Thank you. God bless you. That is Kansas City Pastor Carlton Funderburk apologizing on bended knee for what he did. Here's what he did. I'm not worth your McDonald's money. I'm not worth your Red Lobster money. Y'all can't afford it no how. I ain't worth y'all Louis Vuitton. I ain't worth your Prada. I'm not worth your Gucci. Movado, you can buy a Movado watch in Sam's. And y'all know I asked for one last year. Here it is the whole way in August. I still ain't got it. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Let me kick down the door and talk to my cheap sons and daughters. I know you still poor, broke, busted, and disgusted because of how you've been honoring me. What the hell is he talking about? He's browbeating his congregation to donate more so he has more money. Just so he can have that cool stuff he was mentioning? A Movado watch appears to be his fondest wish. Yeah, whatever and, that uh, is. Evidently, somebody recorded that. It came out, and now he has to apologize. <laughs> well, don't. Well, here's here's one option. Don't give him the money. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So you remember Dan Price, even if you don't remember his name. He was the long-haired, bearded, groovy CEO who in 2020 uh, vowed that. Uh, well, it was actually longer ago than that, but he vowed everybody in his company. From the lowliest janitor would make at least seventy thousand dollars. He would make a he would take an enormous cut in pay, and that everybody was going to be paid a living wage. And he tweeted things like, "Lifting someone out of poverty is the most effective antidepressant in the world." Um, and then he was super into the hashtag Me Too thing. Somebody said, "Well, people get falsely accused in in response to the believe all women." And he tweeted or, or posted on LinkedIn, "In the unlikely event that you are falsely accused, remember it'll be much easier for you to overcome false allegations than it will be for actual victims to overcome the trauma of harassment or assault." Even though that's uh, what they call a false dichotomy. Yeah, that's an interesting argument. You don't need to choose. So a little more on. What a, a celebrity this guy became um, when he had, it was in the 20-teens that he, he promised to pay everybody the $70,000 off. His announcement was covered by the New York Times, which is actually writing this article. Uh, and NBC News, Esquire did a photo shoot. He made appearances on The Daily Show and the Aspen Ideas Festival. 
His uh, his self-styled role as a CEO grew online, his reputation, speaking about corporate greed, it resonated with a wide audience. His posts on social media had been liked tens of millions of times. He joked with Kelly Clarkson on her daytime talk show while Lionel Richie looked on. <laughs> Boy, I'm sorry I missed that episode. <laughs> This Joker and Lionel Richie? Wow. (laughs) He introduced Andrew Yang to a Seattle crowd during Yang's presidential campaign. He video chatted with former Secretary of Labor Robert Reich, who called him the one moral CEO in America. Oh, shut up. Yeah, Reich is a freaking communist. Even if I wasn't about to hear whatever you're going to tell me, who cares? Even if he was completely upfront, honest, and a good person, who cares? Whatever. Mr. Price was a young, handsome executive whose worldview spoke to all sorts of people, uh, seemingly uh, constantly posting and streaming about uh, women and inequality and mental health and that sort of thing. And and then the Times introduces you to this unspeakably gorgeous model-slash-actress who uh, became his girlfriend, one of quite a few, as it turns out, although that's none of my business. Um well, I'm sure that played a role. In, in. I'm sure that played a role in the, uh, the, the his scam, though, and the 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 the, the reason for it. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, on uh, Monday, police in Palm Springs, California, said they'd referred this gal's case to local prosecutors, recommending a charge of rape of a drugged victim. Victim. Oh boy. Prosecutors in Seattle earlier this year charged Mr. Price with assault in another incident. He denies everything. He had uh, resigned on Wednesday as chief executive of Gravity Payments, saying that uh, uh, the cases have become a distraction and I need to focus full time on fighting false allegations about me. And the gal writing this article used to work for uh, uh, one of your business publications and had written about this guy in the past. And figured out that he was a liar. But virtually everything he said didn't add up when mm. she checked it on background. And then watched his his rehabilitation and then lionization online with wonder. And so now she's an appropriate person to be writing this um, for the New York Times. And she talks about his internet fame more. Um, and then, at, uh, oh, here he is tweeting about uh, Trump and that sort of thing. Uh, and then I'll skip ahead to the uh, the punchline, because there's even more than the alleged rapes, multiple alleged sexual assault. His ex-wife, and it's an ex-wife thing, um, did a TEDx talk in which she described the relationship as abusive. This is in 2015. He got mad at me for ignoring him and grabbed me and shook me again. He started punching me in the stomach and slapped me across the face. She locked herself in the car, afraid he was going to body slam me into the ground or waterboard me in our upstairs bathroom like he had done before. Waterboarding? Well, that's a new one. Yeah, yeah. Now, now this guy has abusive. Wow. This guy had not been convicted of, uh, has not been convicted of anything at this point, but he stands accused of by multiple women of being a woman beating rapist. Wow, that's rough. But like Michael Avenatti after him was just praised and loved by the mainstream media. Yes. So we've talked about this much over the years. I still have not gotten a good explanation for why the whole CEO pay ratio to average worker pay has changed the way it has over the decades. What's going on with that? But. You know, a, a guy coming forward and saying, I'm going to cut my salary and give it back to the workers. Yeah, that's a nice story. But uh, 
Well, I remember at the time us saying, so people who make a a, a contribution to the company that's worth way less than that, you're just going to give them that amount of money anyway. Okay, well, that's I understand. I mean, that's fine. You get if to it's do your that. money, go ahead. Yeah, right. But the but, idea that he's the the only honest CEO in America, so every other CEO is uh, doing something dishonest by taking the pay that they negotiated to run that company. Well, I think Rice said the only moral CEO okay. in America. So everybody else is immoral. And the idea that okay, somebody who brings thirty thousand dollars worth of value to the company is now going to be paid seventy thousand dollars. Well, what do you pay somebody who brings seventy? thousand dollars more than double the value to the company that that person making 70 grand is are they going to be okay that they're compensated the same level as you know the guy who empties the trash cans at night or whatever and that's honorable work and you know whatever but you see my point then what about somebody who brings ninety five thousand dollars value so i remember saying at the time i guess we'll just have to see how this plays out interesting study out about covid we can run through a couple of things and see if you've got any of these lingering problems having had COVID, because practically everybody listening has had COVID. Uh, Alec Baldwin did a two-hour interview, which he says some fairly crazy things uh, coming out of that whole shooting that gal story. Yeah. First time yeah. he's talked. He may have cracked, which that, that would make you crack. I mean, that would, that, that's, a, that's a rough situation. It certainly could, yeah. It, it's been interesting. You know, I'll flip through Twitter now and again and... And our email, too. And because he's an avowed lefty and a Trump hater and the rest of it, uh, people who are the opposite of that uh, are absolutely 100% sure that he's a murderer and should be in jail. I don't don't know. I'm not nearly as interested in Alec Baldwin as some people seem to be. The latest on the Mar-a-Lago raid and what a judge decided yesterday, and what is that going to mean for us finding out what the hell justifies surrounding a former president's home and going in like that? Do they have the goods? Uh, that and other stuff on the way. If you miss an hour of the show, get the podcast Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.